Hello there and welcome back. It's Linda Pinizzato, the condo expert at the Hayes FM. We are talking about new construction condominiums and what you should look for. So if you're out there and you're trying to think about whether or not you want to purchase a brand new condominium, these are the things that you should keep an eye on. So what we finished off with was garbage chutes. So basically, you know, a lot of these new condominiums now are now are going to have the tri-sector garbage chutes. I know some of the municipalities are getting into the game and uh, they are trying to arrange waste food products and recycling and, and all of these type of things. Some older buildings don't really have these features and I think a conversion would probably be an awful lot of money. And if they did do a conversion, the question would be is whether or not they could be put against the reserve funds. But that's another issue in the half. But I was going to say that what you'd also want to find out is, is this building sub-metered for heat and hydro or one of each? You know, that's another thing that's happening nowadays. A lot of the condominiums, uh, you know, it used to be that you paid one maintenance fee and your heat, your hydro, your water, common elements, insurance, everything is included. But it's not like that nowadays. Nowadays, they've got sub-meters. So what they've done is they've made an arrangement with an energy company. All of the energy comes in, it gets divided off, and then usage is your bill. So you have an independent bill for whatever it is that you're using. But it would be nice to know. I mean, if you're purchasing in or you're considering to purchase into this building, maybe that's something you should find out. Ask about the finishings within this, in the unit. Like, in other words, what are your ceiling heights? What about the floor coverings? You know, how much of those finishings are upgrades? That's, that's a key issue. Because, you know, believe it or not, like if you had to start adding granite and you had to increase, you know, the quality of your laminate flooring, you may find that that price is, is creeping up there a lot higher than you expected. What is wonderful? I love this feature. I have to admit, you know, when you purchase a condominium, chances are 99% of the time you will have all appliances included. So generally speaking, that would be six appliances, the fridge, stove, washer, dryer, dishwasher, microwave with the exhaust fan. And I think that, you know, that is a really nice feature and it's nice to have it in and installed. So what you need to do is find out about the appliances. Maybe do some research too, because sometimes you can upgrade those appliances. So if you've got the room, you may be able to get away from the apartment size washer and dryer and get the standard size, but you really need to check that room and see whether or not your laundry facilities will be able to accommodate that. Your outlets. We talked about this. Those outlets. Those outlets are really interesting. You're supposed to have a protection outlet in the bathroom. I doubt very much if the builder is going to miss that one. So I would imagine you're going to be safe. One thing that a lot of people don't even think about is keys, fob and a mailbox key. So what exactly are you getting with your purchase? Are they giving you two keys, two fobs and one mailbox key? And is that key a security key? So what I mean is, is that some nowadays they have the pass keys that are secured and you cannot take them to your local key cutter and have one replaced. You actually have to order it through the property management office. The other thing is, is the fobs. The fobs are going to, of course, you know, trigger the electronic equipment through the condominium in order for you to gain access, you know, through the front doors, the back doors, the side doors, all through the amenities and so on. 
But a lot of things nowadays are safety driven. So condominiums are very safety driven. You have to think about that. You've got 350 people or, or units in the building that could actually equate to 600 people. Not everybody is an owner. Some could be tenants. So the bottom line is, and you, of course, you've got all your visitors coming in and out. So nowadays they have fobs, which will trigger inside the elevator. So in other words, if you've purchased on the 15th floor, your fob will only work to get you to the 15th floor. And this way it prevents people from roaming around from one floor to the other floor to the other floor. They have to go through security. In these type of buildings, they actually have all of the exit doors locked, which are into the uh, fire escapes coming downstairs. So, so that's another thing too. So don't find yourself in there because you're going to be able to walk all the way down to the main level. You cannot get off on any one of the floors. That's actually in the existing buildings. But if you do, you know, find out about your keys and your fobs and your mailbox keys at that time, they should be able to tell you what kind of security system is going into this building and whether or not that feature is going to be one, because I think it's an important one. Sometimes people don't think about it. They see it as a huge advantage, but some of these buildings are built to have a guest suite. So is the guest suite owned by the developer or is the guest suite part of the corporation? Is it a rental guest suite? So you might want to find that out because don't forget, if it's a guest suite owned by the corporation, the corporation will be responsible for the payments of that suite. Also, if you've got a superintendent on site, many, many times the superintendent suite is owned by the corporation. And that would also mean that the superintendent suite would actually equate into his income. That's the way that the system works. So because he's getting, you know, basically free rent for living there, that rental amount would be part of his salary. Let's get into a bit about rooftop patios. You know, I really love those. I mean, in the summertime, I think it's absolutely gorgeous up there. Plus, you can have barbecues, you know, lounge chairs. There might be a number of amenities upstairs. You should really find out whether or not barbecues is an option. I know that it won't be an option in your balconies, but it may be an option on on terraces. But certainly, the rooftop patio, they will be able to tell you whether or not you will have the availability of barbecues and maybe even the amount of barbecues, because really, if you've got 350 suites, you don't want just two barbecues. You know, one item that seems to come into controversy from time to time, just from time to time is swimming pools. Ideally, if they're built lower level or on the main floor, you don't run as much of a risk in the event that a leak or something happens. There was some concern about having swimming pools up on rooftops. So, you know, maybe that is something to think about. I guess it would really depend on how large the pool is. You know, the other thing too is that they have these wave pools nowadays and the wave pools, you know, they're like a, an oversized hot tub and there seems to be quite a confusion as to what temperature that you should be keeping these saunas, whirlpools, <laughs> whatever they're called. Um, so that seems to be a little bit uh, interesting because you turn the jets on and you're supposed to swim towards the jets. And I guess if you're a really good swimmer, you're going to get to the other side pretty quick and the jets won't mean anything. But generally speaking, those swimming pools, you know, they're not really overly popular, but I really think that, you know, it may be a seasonal thing too. So these are the items that you really need to pay attention when you actually go into the condominium new site office 
And just, you know, while you're busy looking at the plans and you're looking at the designs and so on, you know, these are questions that you should ask. This is way before you sign an agreement of purchase and sale. But when you are ready to sign an agreement of purchase and sale, you want to take a look at your schedule of your installments because there'll be a certain amount installments. Like you'll have to pay, you know, X amount of dollars, 5% of value on this date, another 5% on another date and a 10% on another date and so on and so on. So you really want to take a look at those installments and see where you're going to land. You also would like to get a bit of an idea of what the projected occupancy date is going to be and if there are any restrictions. So what is occupancy? New construction is extremely different from resale because you're buying into a product that is brand new. You're also buying into a product that is not occupied just yet. So if you've bought on the 14th floor and and the building is a 30th floor condo, there's going to be another 16 floors of people that are going to be moving in. So while while you have already moved in, the developer is really wanting to, the builder is really wanting to finish the rest of the unit. So while you're moving into the 14th floor, the building not being registered, you don't own it yet. You only have a contract and the contract states that now you have to take occupancy. Now, whether you want to live in it or don't live in it, that's totally your choice, but you will have to pay a monthly amount, which would be in relation to the amount of monies that are still owing to the builder. So if this occupancy period goes on for two or four or six or eight months, I mean, I've seen cases where occupancy goes on for an entire year. You have to respect the fact that this is monies that you're paid out and they do not reduce your mortgages because your mortgages cannot come in place until the building is registered. And the building cannot register until the entire building is occupied. So that would mean that those people that bought up on the 40th floor would have to be at the point of moving in. So, you know, please take a note of that because that, that's a really, you know, large amount of money that sometimes people don't think about. And, you know, if you're a non-investor and you're planning on moving into this unit, you're fine. The HST will be covered by the builder and they will just, you know, apply for the rebate. But if you're an investor, because you're an investor, you will have to come up with the full amount of the HST of the purchase price on closing And later, you can submit the claim to the government to get your rebate. However, you do have to come up with it. And that is generally on investor-owned properties. But, you know, as I mentioned, like during that occupancy time, if something was to happen tomorrow and you made the decision that you're not going to be moving into it, you really don't want it anymore, you cannot list it for sale on the Toronto or any, for that matter, MLS system. I will guarantee you that there is a clause in your agreement of purchase and sale that states you cannot openly advertise this property for sale. Because remember, you don't own it. You don't own it until registration. However, you know, if the builder is willing to cooperate with you, I'm sure that he would probably say, okay, fine, if you can try and find your own means to sell it, then you could sell the contract. So when you sell the contract, the new buyer has to literally match everything that you've just done. So if you've put in 25% as a down payment, that new buyer has to 
come forward with the 25% in order for you to get back your down payments and deposits. So, you know, remember that because there's a lot of fraudsters out there too. So you want to make sure that if you do decide to go and buy in a property under an assignment that you are buying from the person that did contract with the builder. Because if the buy- person that you're buying from didn't contract with the builder, you have not been dealt with properly and fairly. Obviously, that person has no rights to be selling the contract. There's an awful lot of money that's involved. And honestly, you know, that's why I'm giving this information to uh, my audience today, because I think that these are points of information that really aren't readily available out there. And they're incredibly important because you're spending a lot of money and you should feel protected when you're going to step forward and purchase a brand new construction condominium. So during this whole time that the occupancy is, is happening, it's debatable of where the interest rates are, like as far as your mortgage. But bear in mind that mortgage institutions will secure your rate on new construction a little bit better than they will on resale. So you may very well not have a problem securing a rate for 120, maybe even 160 days. I guess it depends on the institution and what your credit rating is with them. And if you've got some good credit reference and you've, you've really developed a lot of good ties over the years, I think that, uh, you know, because there's not much you can do about that. You certainly don't wait for the final day of registration. So you do need to get your financing in place during that time. And you're better off to do it sooner than later because whatever you lock in to is going to be somewhat guaranteed. If the rates go down, you'll get the benefit of the decrease. If they go up, you'll have the protection of not having the increase. So, you know, one thing that's really important is those conditions or preventions on assignments is really important. You know, many years ago, I remember back in, uh, I think it was in, oh man, I have to think about it, 1989, there was an awful lot, 1989, 1987, there was an awful lot of assignments, Uh, not as much in condominiums, but at the time in single family homes, it was an awful lot of them. And, you know, you didn't have the risk level that you have actually in condominiums because, of course, you know, the the time between the assignment and actually closing the deal was very short. There there was not really a lot of time involved in there. Some of these houses can be up and ready to go within just a few months, whereas a condominium, most of these sites, you know, they could very well be in the works for minimum two and a half years and potentially a lot longer. But, you know, when you've walked into that sales office and you've spoken to the sales representative of the builder, did they tell you that they represent the builder? Because I will tell you, they don't represent you. It's, it's a case where the product is wonderful, you're enthusiastic, you want to find out about it. Get yourself your own sales representative, a registered real estate sales representative who knows about condominiums and understands everything that I've just pinpointed to you. That way, you won't get yourself into trouble. And the other thing, too, is that when you walk in, if you've walked in without your registered sales representative, then I'm sorry, but you're out of luck. You have to deal with the sales representative on site who may not be a registered real estate sales representative because you don't have to be a realtor registered to work at a new builder site of new construction. I think that there's so many details. The other thing is, is that option to purchase parking and or locker. Now, if you're buying one of the smaller units, a lot of times the builders, they don't really let you buy parking. They may let you buy locker, but maybe 
just not yet. They want to see where they're standing first as far as the sales are concerned. So, but what you can maybe do is have your registered real estate sales representative convince them to put a clause in the offer that states that you have the option to purchase parking and the option to purchase the locker or maybe even a bicycle rack. Because that way, as time moves forward, the option is yours. Whether or not you decide that you're going to exercise it is totally yours. But if you don't have the option in the first place, you may find it somewhat difficult down the road. There's a 10-day cooling off period. The minute you sign those agreement of purchase and sale with any builder, there is a 10-day period. And that allows you to take that documentation and bring it to the lawyer. We're not talking about the 8-page or 10-page agreement of purchase and sale. We are talking about the condo documents of the building. They will be anywhere from 100 to 200 pages. Big, thick journal. It includes bylaws. It may include some rules and regulation. It includes everything about the building. This condo document has been prepared by the lawyers of the builders. And it should be prepared in compliance to the Condo Act. But there's going to be things inside there that you, as a new first-time buyer of a condo, of a new condo, even a second, of a new condominium, you want to review them because you want to find out whether or not there's any restrictions. Maybe there's some restrictions to pets, and now you have a pet, and now you have a problem. So you want to find out about the restrictions. I mentioned barbecues. That could be another restriction. A key point, short-term rentals. Is it time-sensitive or is it unlimited? Find out whether or not that building allows short-term rentals. And make sure that you check if there's going to be any affordable housing units as part of the units within the corporation. I have no problem. I mean, you know, we obviously have a huge issue right now with affordability. You know, there's just so many things going on with our provincial government right now. But, you know, at the same time, if you're purchasing into the building, you have a right to know what's going to be in the building. So, therefore, you have a choice. So, find out. Also, leasing equipment, boilers, communication room. Are there equipment within that condominium complex that your corporation does not take ownership of? As a matter of fact, whoever owns it maintains the ownership. So, therefore, the corporation has a rental fee day in, day out, year in, year out of their, of their operating budgets. There is always this rental equipment fee. So find out if that exists. And surprisingly enough, there is a, another complex in downtown Toronto where the developer maintained ownership of the underground. So find out if the garage is owned by the corporation. I mean, chances are if you were able to go in and purchase a parking spot, that would mean that it's owned and you did buy it. Therefore, you'll have a deed and the deed will will be available to you. Should you decide you no longer want the parking spot, you can go ahead and sell it. If you obtained a parking spot by exclusive use, then you don't own it. All it means is, is that it's exclusively delegated to your unit. Therefore, you can use it at any time. There's no cost attached to it. You don't own it. You cannot sell it. And that's exclusive use. And exclusive use actually comes about in underground parking or even above ground parking for for lockers as well. So you can have exclusive use locker and you can have exclusive use parking. So just find out what it is that you've bought. You know, this is only the beginning. 
As you know, I'm the founder of the Condo Owners Association, and uh, we have a lot of these points right on the website. So take a moment, check it out, www.coaontario.com. Please check it out. It'll give you invaluable information. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of the Condo Expert on the Hayes FM. Linda Pinizzato, whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. And thank you so much for joining me. You know, today has been just a fascinating time of learning so much of what's going on out there. And that's what the condo expert is all about. I'll hit so many different issues. You'll notice them on iTunes and on podcast. Reporting here from the Hayes FN, you have been listening to Linda Pinizzato of the condo expert. Now, also, remember, register yourself. If you're a condo owner or a condo buyer, register at www.coaontario.com. And also, if you've got questions, whether they're real estate related or condominium or property values, this and that, you know, I wouldn't have the uh, information I have had I not had the experience that I've received. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to start the Condo Owners Association without having this kind of a background. So contact me at Linda. Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at C-O-A-Ontario.com or Linda at LindaPinizzato.com. Until the next time, have a fantastic day and thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113 itmayday.com